If you are starting a business, recently started a business, or are looking to level up your business, today's conversation is going to help you market like you have never marketed before. I had a conversation with Michelle Vroom, who is a business coach with more than 15 years of marketing and PR experience. Uh, she's got experience with nonprofit agencies, big corporations, and everything in between. And now she helps small business owners grow six figures with more freedom and more peace. Michelle believes that every woman entrepreneur should be able to get their clients whatever they want. She understands the challenges of limited resources, limited time, and she shares her proven methods for visibility and relationship building to get clients to grow your business, which at the end of the day, if you're in business, isn't that what we all want? So go ahead, sit down, grab a pen and paper, and uh, take in these marketing tips that Michelle shares today. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm I'm personally really excited to have you on the podcast so that we can talk about all things business. Um, but before we get started, I would love to hear, and I know the audience here would too, love to hear a little bit more about you as a person, like the stuff that's not necessarily in your bio. Love it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, so the stuff that's not in my bio, where where to start? Um, I have three boys. I am a boy mom times three. Um, I've got kids who range from ages almost two to six. I've always had a child at home since starting my business. I started my business almost six years ago when my oldest was six months old at the time because I thought, why not? New baby, new business. That's not chaotic at all, right? Let's just add more. (laughs) Right. Let's add more. Um, I literally started my business while I was on maternity leave with him because I had a corporate job. And so um, I just, you know, when I became a mom, everything changed. If you're a mom, you know, right? And uh, that was that. I knew that I wanted something different. And so I hustled my butt off while on maternity leave to make it happen. I think I went back to work for like two months and then that was that. My business was born. I left and was thrown into this new role of being an entrepreneur. Um, I've had a lot of ups and downs over the years. I'm always very honest and transparent about that. Um, a year into business, I lost almost my entire client base in one day. And since then, I've had a lot of shifts. Even even most recently, um, at the time of recording this, as of last week, like shift in where I'm going and how I can step out of my comfort zone and be uncomfortable. Um, I love like sitting back. My idea of like an amazing Friday night would be like sitting back, watching Netflix with a glass of wine and having like a charcoal face mask. Like 
<laughs> That's how you know you're a, you're a mom, a 30-year-old mom, <laughs> not not 30. I'm I've been past 30 for a few years, but a 30-something year old mom with three kids at home, like that's the ideal Friday night. So that's not in my bio either, but I am a total homebody. Um, and I ran a marathon right before I had, right before I got pregnant with my first child, I ran a marathon, my first and only, maybe I'll do it again someday. But, um, that to me also was very symbolic of like starting a business. Cause it's a thousand percent a marathon, not a sprint. And so that is a moment that I am so proud of, like deciding that I was going to run it and then following through with training. And I feel like I use that analogy when it comes to business all the time because it's so true, right? It takes discipline. Yes. It takes commitment. Well, you're one step ahead of me because I said I wanted to run a marathon before I turned 30. I ran two half marathons and counted it. <laughs> I totally like, would. I, I and like, because you've, well, because you've done that, I feel like you would totally kill it in a marathon. I ran a marathon in Disney. Let me be very clear. Like I didn't just go out. I did the Disney marathon. This was back when I was in corporate. Our company used to sponsor the Disney marathons. And so one year I saw, it was like, I think the 20... The 2014 marathon, because they always did it in January. And so I saw people running it because I was there, like working in a in a business capacity, saw people running it. And the way they celebrated at the finish line, I was like, I want to be here next year. And I spent the rest of that year, like the the whole next year training for it. You ran the Disney marathon in 2015. I did, January 2015. I was running the half marathon. Stop in it. We were there at the same time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember that because half. then I got pregnant in March of 2015 and then had my son at the very end of that year, November. So 2015, I started out running a marathon and ended with a child. <laughs> like Talk wow. about two opposite scenarios. But yeah, I that's so funny. I ran the full marathon that year. And I said, like, I'm going to train for an entire year because the most I ever run at that time when I decided to do it was like two miles. Mm -hmm. So I did an entire year of full on training for this thing. And I honestly think that that prepared me for starting a business and becoming a mom. Right. But starting yeah. a business for sure. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah. Because, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was all of the crap that comes yep. up yep. when you're starting a business. And you, know, you were a lot more uh, politically correct about it. You said the unexpected things. That <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I think, though, when they happen. <laughs> I don't like, I'm not like, oh, an unexpected thing occurred. I'm so, like, crap. <laughs> crap. Indeed. Yeah, crap. Just like when, you know, you're training for a marathon, like, yeah. crap happens, right? You, yeah. You hit your first 10 mile mark and realize like, oh, you know, your, your toenails, hurt and different things happen. And yeah. that happens in business too. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And most of the women that listen to this podcast are business owners mm -hmm. or they've, they've started a business or they're thinking about starting a business. They're leaders in some kind of capacity. Um, so let's, I guess, let's just get into the nitty gritty of it. When you were starting your business, how did you think it was going to happen versus how did it happen? Yeah, I I thought I always wanted to start my own business. That was a dream that I've had. I come from a line of entrepreneurs. My great grandfather actually started an apple cider business during the Great Depression, selling cider door to door. So I guess you could say it's in my blood, right? Mm -hmm. Always knew I wanted that. But my vision of it was, well, when I'm in my 50s and the kids are out of the house, that's when I'll start. Thank God I didn't listen to that because we'd still be like, you know, 15 years off, right, from from yeah. where I should be. And um, I, I had that vision, but I thought it was going to be longer. I thought I had to put in, you know, more hours in corporate and like pay my dues. 
before I could make it as an entrepreneur. So I had a lot of views of like what needed to happen first. And then again, as soon as I had my first child, like everything changed. I didn't want to commute into the city anymore. I didn't want to do the long hours. Like I wanted to be in control and have freedom. And so I started my business. I wouldn't say I started it with like all these like, oh, it's going to be rainbows and sunshine. But I think I thought, I I don't think I realized, let me put it this way. I don't think I realized how much my mind would be impacted. Like I didn't know that there was such a thing called mindset. I didn't know about any of that, right? Like Mm. any thought that came into my head, I just took it as fact. And so I didn't realize how much I would be tested in terms of my own thoughts and beliefs about myself, about what I'm capable of and about what's possible for me. Um, I also had sort of this vision that like, okay, I'm going to start my business. I'm going to put up my website. I'm going to do all that. And then people are just going to come to my doorstep. Mm -hmm. And I'm a marketer, by the way, like by trade, like (laughs) I've been in marketing for over 15 years. So I also don't think I realized just how important like having a strategy and a plan would be, even though I've done it for other people, I wasn't thinking about it myself. And I wasn't thinking about like what was really needed to get started and get clients versus what was kind of a nice to have. Right. Because when you're in the corporate world, unless you're in the marketing department, right? Like the clients just show up and you don't think like, oh, somebody else yeah. is out there getting them. Yeah. Someone's me. selling. Right. Exactly. I I mean, I would say that I have natural <laughs> talents as a salesperson, if you will. But I didn't really like selling was something I had to work on right away because I had a lot of thoughts about selling myself basically as a service provider. And I struggled with that. And I don't know that I expected to struggle with it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing to have a, an incredible business idea and to come up with the plan of say, you know, this is how it's going to work. This is what I'm going to charge. But then I think where a lot of people fall short is that it's, time to actually get out there and sell your product, which for a service provider is in effect selling yourself. And instead you're like, I got a new computer that I'm really excited to start my business. Yeah. I set up a system. I bought like 17 hats and got it all set up. And I'm like, what the All the behind the scenes stuff because that doesn't involve my face. Right. It feels like it's like a false sense of productivity. Totally agree. I face that. But then you're sitting there with this business and your revenue is negative dollars because you put all this time and energy and effort into creating something that you're not actively selling. I love that. I don't think enough women realize, and I'm including myself in the statement, how much time it really does take to get to get off the ground. Like we live in a world where it's like, if I don't get results immediately, then that means I'm wrong. Something's wrong. No, that's the norm. These these big like success stories, right? Of like these quantum leaps. I made a million dollars overnight. Nobody talks about what led up to them. That's right. what I want to talk about because I think a lot of women are quitting and giving up before they hit their goals, right? Like they're on the right path. Mm-hmm. But to your point, it's like they have certain expectations or a vision of what that would look like. And if it doesn't match reality, then they stop before they even really truly get started. Right. Ladies, the IRS gives you five years to turn a profit. <laughs> right. Why do we give ourselves five minutes? You know? Right. If, if the government, <laughs> which is like the slowest thing in the world, is giving you five <laughs> years to turn a profit, Love why it. are you after five weeks saying, where's my million dollars? Well, yeah. yeah. Spanx did it. Spanx made a million dollars. Okay. But 
she also what led to that out of her yeah. bedroom yep. for like yep. how many mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. building a product selling a product walking around with like a t-shirt with it spray painted on it before she made her million dollars right we don't talk about any of that no we don't we don't, we don't. all the the crap the unexpected things that come up or really how to get over them and i think half the problem is how to get over them totally and you know what it's so funny as you were saying that i'm like it's not we say it's unexpected it's all normal it's all normal and very few women and i may ruffle some feathers when i say this very few women have the discipline to keep Mm -hmm. going they think they need all this you need discipline you need perseverance you need grit that's what you need to be successful you need all that and i would argue that you need to be okay altering your plan too yeah yep because that's another thing like we'll we'll make a plan right and if the plan doesn't work we stick to the plan don't change the goal change the deadline sometimes you need to change the goal mhm but after you've had the discipline to follow through right mhm because I also see people making changes way too quickly before they have any information about like, because usually when you're doing some sort of a strategy and working toward a goal, there's stuff that's working and there's stuff that's not working that does need to be changed, right? Mm-hmm. And you can hold space for both of those things. It's just people are like, well, it didn't work in five minutes. So I'm going to throw everything out, including the stuff that worked really well. And I'm like, no, you just like, what are you, you're starting over again. It's like mm-hmm. going down a path and then going straight back from where you came doesn't make sense, but we do it all the time in business. Mm -hmm. So when these things come up, how do do you as a business owner handle it? Well, I mean, I'll reference um, one of the biggest things that happened for me a year into business was losing three clients in one day, which at the time was basically almost my entire client base, right? I wasn't like rolling in clients. This is before I moved into coaching. I was doing full service marketing and I lost three clients in one day through no fault of my own. It actually would have been easier if it was like, oh, they were unhappy or something happened. Like I could have, you know, solved it, quote unquote. It was all unexpected circumstances that had nothing to do with me, but all happened on the same day. And it was two months before I was due to give birth to my second child. So I couldn't go out and like get all this retainer work, right? I was about to give birth in two months. And I had a good 24 hours where I contemplated like, should I quit? Is this a sign? Like, do I quit? I think we ask ourselves that all the time, right? Is this a sign? That's like our default mode of thinking. And so I gave myself 24 hours to like, you know, sulk and be upset. And then I asked myself like, are you really going to quit? Like if you quit now and and you can, right? We all have that that same choice. If you quit now, will you even know the half of what's possible? And or will you always live with regret, wondering like what if I had stuck it out? And that one question alone and like evaluating those two options, I was like, no, I don't want to live with regret. I'm not okay with that. Like I am I am less okay living with regret than I am with like continuing in the situation. So of course then I'm going to continue on, right? And I think that's a really important thing to ask yourself, like to give yourself the space to be upset. I think sometimes we try to push emotions down too too quickly. But then to ask yourself like is quitting really an option for me? If it is, I'm going to tell you ladies right now, if quitting is on the table for you, that is why you're not getting the results that you want. Because if quitting is an option, what's going to happen when things get hard? when the quote unquote unexpected, but really normal stuff happens, right? Like you will lose clients. You will ha- encounter these situations. I can come up with like a dozen more, right? That people will encounter and that are normal and that I still encounter. If quitting is even an option for you and a safety net for you, then where do you think you're going to go when the hard times come? 
you're going to go to the safety net. Yeah. And that's where I see a lot of people struggling with like the discipline commitment piece that I just mentioned. So I think when you have those hard times, you have to ask yourself the hard questions and recommit, right? Like I had to recommit to my business in that moment. And it actually changed the course of my business because I recommitted. I looked for short-term projects that I could do. And I found one that was literally like in the next two months, we need this. Perfect. That short-term project turned into a two-year coaching relationship. So this is actually the thing that led me into the coaching world, which is where I am now, because I never wanted to be at the mercy of clients like that. It's what led me building my Facebook group, which has netted me over half a million dollars over the last four years. Like none of those things would have been possible in my business if I had decided to quit. And so I think you got to ask yourself the hard questions and recommit before doing anything else, because when you recommit, the rest of your action steps become clear. Okay. So question for you, how do you differentiate or do you differentiate between that the the dirty Q word quitting, right? And knowing when it's time to move on to something else. Yeah, great question. I think if you are always committed to doing whatever it takes and to working it until it works, then it becomes less about like, because I don't think moving on to something else or shifting in your business, I've done many of met that many times, is quitting, right? I think if you know I am I am committed to running my business in whatever capacity that looks like, because in different seasons, it's going to look different. But if you are committed to working it until it works and always figuring it out, even though you don't have all the answers and none of us does, then I think it becomes easier to determine when you need to make a shift. And then you're doing it from a place of like, I'm not making this shift because I feel like everything sucks and I'm doing horribly, right? And nothing's working. I'm making the shift from a place of faith and trust that this is the right move for me. But you can't see that clearly if you are too emotional about it and deciding to just quit. Most of the time, I don't see people like, I see people quitting or backing off before they've given it enough time. I will say I very rarely see the other side in in the women I serve. It's usually like, I expected it to work faster. It's not. And so therefore I'm going to quit or stop or shift or pivot way too soon before I actually know like how this is going to work. Hmm. I know one of the things that you talk about is having more freedom in your business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, as a mom, as someone who works at home, who started their business when they had tiny babies, how does this this push, this not quitting help get and help kind of, how does it jive with getting more freedom? Because a lot of women, when they hear just keep pushing, put in more time, do the thing, they think hustle culture and have a visceral reaction to the world. So if you keep going, that doesn't mean you're pushing and putting in more time. We think keep going means I have to put in more time and do more. Actually, if you keep going and you truly stick with something, right, and and make tweaks along the way, right, to make it work better, but you stick with your overall strategy and goal, you're going to save yourself the time and the hustle. I think the time and the hustle comes from feeling like, well, it's not working, so I got to go change it right away. It's not working, so I got to go show up in all these other social platforms. Like, I actually think that's what contributes to hustle and what I'm proposing, which is sticking with one thing. I call it the power of one at a time and like giving it enough time to work in the sense of like, I'm not just going to change it right away. I actually think that saves you time and helps you avoid the hustle. 
Like, I think that's the key to that. Because if you are just, you know, feeling like I have to put in all this extra time and work harder and try harder, like, I don't think that's it at all, right? I don't think that's it at all. I think it's you evaluating, like, am I, number one, sold on what I'm doing, right? Am I sold on the goal or strategy that I'm working toward? And if I can answer yes to both of those things, then staying the course simply means that I need to stick with my strategy, right? And give myself the time and space to plant the seeds that will sprout, right? Like, I think that's how you avoid the hustle culture. The hustle culture to me is like this frantic energy of like, I've got to be here. Someone just said I'm I'm doing this wrong and I need to be here. Like, I just had a client tell me like, oh, someone just messaged me and said I should be doing more on Instagram. I'm like, okay, do you want to do more on Instagram? No. I'm like, then don't. Like, people have their opinions, right? And I think it's when we feel like we're like this, like, I don't know, I'm thinking like plastic bag in the wind kind of thing where it's like somebody says do this, somebody says do that. If you're not super sold on your strategy, then you're going to be at the mercy of that stuff. And that's what leads to hustle culture. Mm. And that hustle culture is, it's so promoted in this online space right now, but it's so toxic. And some of the same people that are saying it's toxic are some of the same people that are also touting the go, 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 do more, do more. Let's do less and simplify and see where it gets us. Like that's actually why I revamped my entire signature program, the Dream Client Accelerator. It's my group program that I've had for years. I made it so simple to the point where it was like, we have one strategy that you repeat. And every time you repeat it, you analyze how did it work? What tweaks can I make? Because most people don't have to do all these overhauls. It's like little tweaks, right? You learn as you go and as you repeat things. People don't give themselves enough time to repeat things. It's like, I'm going to do this thing and then this didn't work. So now I'm going to go do this whole other thing, which takes so much extra energy and time, right? Than it does to, okay, what did I learn from this thing? And what, what couple of tweaks can I make to make it work even better? That saves you time. That gives you a system. And I created this and revamped this program because I felt like, simplicity is like the number one thing missing right now, Mm. especially among moms in business. Because let's be real, life isn't simple. It's hard right now. Like I am, I am struggling. I've got kids ranging from two to six. So that's the phase of life I'm in. And gosh, darn, is it hard? There are so many different needs. There's so many different, you know, I feel pulled in so many different directions. And so I really want to bring more simplicity to women online, because if you don't have that in your business, you are going to want to quit, right? Mm -hmm. You are going to be tempted by the shiny objects. And in a world where it's like, oh, you have to do more, be more, not just in business, but in motherhood. That's a whole other topic, right? Right. We like, is that really what's going to move the needle? Like, do we actually need to be more too? Like, do we really need to be more? What if you just be yourself and like trust your, trust that you have the answers inside of you? I mean, is that a groundbreaking like- (laughs) thing here? I don't know. I don't mean to go on a rant, but <laughs> I see it too. I see it too. Just the go, go, go more, 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 more stuff, more consuming, more learning, right? Which makes it more complex instead of simple. And I want to point out that simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. Oh no. Oh no. Because it's not yeah. growing a business, raising a family, whatever it is that you're doing, wherever, yeah. whatever space you're leading in, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Simple is like you have one simple strategy in the sense that the strategy itself is is simple. There's not a there's not a lot of like layers to it. 
but there's a whole lot of layers to our minds, to our thoughts, to our beliefs. Like that's the stuff that makes it hard is because how do you, how do you stick with something? How do you stick with a strategy that you've been implementing for almost 30 days when everybody's telling you, oh, I just made a million dollars over here? How do you, how do you stick to that? That's really hard. We're wired to think that we're missing something. What if you're not missing anything right now? Honestly, what if the only thing you're missing is practice at one thing? Practice, because then when you practice and you repeat something, your brain gathers information that it can use to help you move on, right? To help you move through the phases. But it's hard to do that if everybody's like touting like the next best thing, the next biggest thing, the biggest hidden secret. Like everybody's looking for the secret code, right? To success. Mm -hmm. I don't have the code. (laughs) Does anyone have the code? I'll take the code. I don't have it. (laughs) The code is you. There's a code. (laughs) Take my credit card right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the code is? It's you. That's the code. Because if you truly are never going to quit, and you're never going to give up, even if things are hard, and even if you have to make shifts and pivots, then you know what? That's the key to success right there. It's not, it doesn't lie in a strategy or this next best, like shiny, flashy object. So when you work with your clients and, you know, assuming, you know, most entrepreneurs right now, especially in the past couple of years have transitioned to a mainly online space, unless you have a, like a no kidding brick and mortar. Yep. We're all in this online space, probably following however many dozen business coaches and hashtags and all the things, right. That are always touting the new shiny thing. So when your clients come to you and they say, Hey, I just read about this Instagram strategy or, Hey, this person says, you know, you need to post at least one reel every day for 30 days, or it's gotta be three reels per week, plus four static posts, plus two. Oh my gosh, I'm tired already. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you work with your clients to overcome that and do what find what works for them and do what feels right? I first look at why they're coming to me being tempted by that shiny thing. I don't look at the thing. I look at why they're tempted by it. If you're mm-hmm. solid in like I'm I'm committed to the strategy and I believe in it, it's it's I'm not gonna say it's easy, right? Because you are, you still will be tempted but you'll be much less likely to be tempted to change things. And so I want to get at like, are you, do you believe in the strategy that you're committing to? Like, does it feel good for you? If it truly did, like, would you be looking at that shiny object? Like, why are you looking at the shiny object in the first place is the very first thing that I coach them around. Because usually that brings up either like, no, I'm not super committed to the strategy or the strategy doesn't feel good, in which case there are changes that we need to make. Or this also happens. I am committed, but like I wanted it faster. I wanted the results yesterday. Like I want to guarantee, I hear this all the time. I just had a conversation with a client about this the other day. I want to guarantee that what I'm doing will work before I actually do it. I'm like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't. For those of you who are listening, like we're both making like- yeah. Yeah, it doesn't like, but like but like I used to think that, right? I I used to think that when I was early on in my business and and honestly at every level in business, it'd be nice if there were a guarantee. There's not. And that's where you have to look at, do I need a guarantee? Like is the guarantee that I will figure it out? And do I trust myself to figure it out? If I don't, then yeah, I'm always going to be looking for a guarantee from something external. I truly believe and I will I will stand behind this any day of the week. We, we live in a world where there are so many different strategies, right? And I think that's part of the overwhelm is it's like, well, I have to be on top of all of them or I, or I miss out on something. 
any of the strategies has the capacity to work. Now, you have to determine what feels good for you and what makes sense given your audience, right? Like those need to be your two considerations. Mm -hmm. But assuming any strategy has the capacity to work if it's aligned with both of those two things and if you're committing to it, then it's really not about the strategy and like how many reels do you post or how many, you know, carousel posts do you put out on IG, right? Like we get so ingrained in the tiny minor details when we need to be thinking about like, if it's not the strategy truly and it's me, then what work do I need to do to make sure that I am going to commit and to stay disciplined in the face of everybody else telling me I need to go do this or I need to go do that? We saw this a ton when Clubhouse came out, right? Mm-hmm. Like I saw people dropping strategies that were working really well because they didn't want to be missing out on like the next biggest thing. And then I actually saw some of those same people like have regret, right? When Clubhouse died down a little bit because they're like, I threw out everything in favor of this big flashy object. Mm -hmm. So I would coach my clients and anybody else who's coming. Like if you're tempted by the shiny object, why are you tempted? There's something there. And that's the thing you have control over, right? Is, is your own Mm -hmm. thoughts and beliefs about your strategy. And is that where you get the power of one? Yes. I have built my business on the power of one. Example, when I started my Facebook group in 2018, I had everyone telling me, like, you need to be doing more on Instagram. Periscope was a thing at the time. Like, now I'm really yeah. dating, dating myself, right? I remember you, Periscope. Yeah. You need to be doing more on Periscope, which Periscope turned into, like, this, like, super spammy, weird Totally strange platform, right? Really sketch. Um, They're like, you need to be doing more on Periscope. If I had listened to those people, I would not have the business that I have today. I can tell you that right now. And I'm not saying everybody has to have a Facebook group, right? That's not what I'm saying. I, I think there's huge value if you are marketing on Facebook to have a group. But what I am saying is because I went all in on one thing, something that felt good for me, a group felt like a great place for me to show up given my personality and how I like to engage with people. That's important, right? That's important. Mm-hmm. But I stuck with that despite everyone telling me, because I said, you know what, I'm going to get really good at this and then add something else on. Most people are trying to add too much on too early because they think that's what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I love that. So for those women listening who want to hear more about the power of one and how you built your business and potentially how they can work with you, what's the best way to find you? Yeah. So the best way to find me is inside of the Facebook group I just mentioned. It's called Market Like a Boss. There are 6,700 women in there now. It's such an amazing group. Um, you make great connections with other people who are in the same place as you, other moms too. Um, and that's where I talk a lot about the power of one and about simple marketing, right? Like simple marketing. Because I truly believe that simple marketing is what leads to you showing up like a boss. And so if that is a message that speaks to you, then I would love to connect with you in there. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for joining today. I, I love this conversation and I'm, I'm excited to learn more about the power of one. Yes. Thank you for having me. So much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.